Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. You can text us on the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line at 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Craig Riley back with you here on Bucko Talk, and we spent the first segment. Usually that's a recap of the whole past week. But for me, I mean, the big part of the last week for me, quite frankly, was what happened last night with Mitch Keller. And that's what's worth focusing on because we know where the Pirates are record-wise, where they are in the standings. It's all about individual performances the rest of the way. And if Mitch Keller took a step forward for the first real time here, then that's the biggest story for me. And that's what I want to talk with Jeff Hathorne about right now as he joins us here. Jeff, what did you make of what you saw from Mitch last night? Before, you know, it's amazing. We've seen that from Mitch before uh, and then seen the regression just the very next start. Uh, But, you know, people ask me, and they probably do this to you too, you know, why do you hate a certain player? Well, we don't hate the player. We hate the performance by the player. It's not personal. And I, I was glad to see Mitch Keller have that, that positive. It was effortless, six strikeouts. You know, didn't even get into high ball counts a lot. Worked himself out of jams. You can call that lucky or you can call that, hey, he made pitches when he needed to. What do you think of the idea? I, I, I'm sure you had a chance to see the Jason Mackey piece where he talked to Mitch Keller, and Mitch essentially said he was taking a different approach now. Like, just go out and have fun. Forget the comparisons to Glass now. Forget past performances. Just go out and be Mitch Keller. How much stock do you put into the idea that he says something like that and then goes out and has this kind of performance? I'll feel better about that if he puts a couple of them in a row. So I, I – I, like, you know, what happened last night, obviously, uh, and I, you know, everybody evolves, right? As humans, we all evolve into what we're going to become. And you find where your comfort zone is in any walk of life. And hopefully this is it. I mean, honestly, I could see, you know, three months from now him saying, well, you know, I'm trying now a different approach where I have uh-huh. to be more fire. I have to be, you know, uh, fiery on the mound or, you know what I mean? It, it, it's an evolution, and if this works for him, whatever works for him, and, and uh, you know, this is what this year is for. If they find something in him, he's, he does have the stuff, um, but he's just never been that. There's just been something missing. Maybe it's enjoyment in the game. Maybe he put too much pressure on himself. Um, I still think there's some, like, technical things, like um, just how how he attacks, uh, I, I don't know how else to explain. It's like a baseball IQ thing with Mitch at times where he seems to lack. Uh, but whatever works for him, if he can throw up more of what he did last night, it's going to make the Pirates a better team down the road. 
talking with Jeff Hathorn here on Bucko Talk, and that's where I'm trying to be careful. Like, I'm excited about Mitch having that good start because he looked a little bit different on the mound, pitching up in the zone a little bit more, doing things that, like, you can look at and say, okay, this is different. He's trying this, and maybe it worked. But we've also been fooled before. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that this is, like, a moment we look back on maybe at the end of the year and say, okay, he finished the season strong, and it was that start. But, I mean, realistically, it could still go either way for him, I guess, because that's been the Mitch Keller M.O. Yeah. to this point. Right. It's not like we we haven't seen that. And we've seen it, you know, on that string, that remarkable string at the beginning of the year where it went start to start. Good start, bad start, good start. I mean, imagine if you're, you know, the Pirates coaching staff or front office, like how maddening that would be when you're trying to evaluate this kid. Uh, you know, it's maddening for fans, but – when it's your job uh, to try to evaluate and try to figure out what the Pirates' future should be, uh, I can't imagine what this has been like for, for Charrington and Shelton and Oscar Marine. Jeff, what do you make of the way they're using David Bednar? Because I can make an argument he's the best pitcher in the entire staff, not just the bullpen, but I think he's a shoe-in for the best arm in the bullpen. And they're not naming him the closer. And I talked to John Wayner about this last night, and he said part of that's probably just they're not going to have many save opportunities, so why lock him into that? But I thought it was interesting the way they used him early last night and kept him in for over an inning. I'd almost prefer to see your high-leverage guy used like that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I would love for whether they want to do it tomorrow or in September or for the last couple of weeks or at some point for them to – just name him the closer and give him that pressure and see how he deals with it. You know, just tell him or, or make, you know, Shelton can just come out in one of his pregames and say, you know what, David Bednar is our closer for the rest of the season and see how he handles it. It's, it'd be another good learning experience. I think we've seen a lot from him. Uh, and even at times when he's coming in the seventh and eighth, I, he's faced the better hitters in those scenarios. So I, I, I would love to see him, again, as part of this season of, of learning. Let's see how he handles it. Does he, you know, does it affect him pressure-wise? Does he, you know, get fired up and really perform well because of the opportunity? Uh, let's give him a, sh- a shot and see what happens. Now, Jeff, I'm trying to temper my expectations with Mitch Keller because I don't want to be burned by him again. But a guy that I'm having a really hard time tempering expectations for is Henry Davis. It's only six games, I know. Six games is a pro. What, four at high A and two at, like, the rookie league? The guy's hit three home runs, and he's hitting, like, 421 across those six games. I keep telling myself, six games, six games, pump the brakes. But do you find yourself getting similar levels of excitement about the Pirates' first-round pick? Yeah, I do. I do. And, and you know, the other thing, I was having this discussion the other day. The other thing it's reminded me of, I want them to sign Jacob Stallings for three years. I would love to see them lock up Stallings so when Davis comes here, that he is, that he is their guy. Right off the start. Like, like, and he's got, He's got Jacob Stallings to to mentor him and, and to help him. And I think Stallings is a guy that as much as everybody wants to start, he's a guy that would be cool with um, uh, mentoring him and being the backup, you know, and kind of going from a starter into a backup role. I, I don't think um, – I think 
he's the perfect guy to have in that scenario. And you mentioned Stallings there because I agree with you. It's why I thought he probably had good trade value, but it's worth holding on to him. And I thought it was interesting, sort of go full circle here back to Mitch Keller, that Mitch's first two starts in coming back from AAA were with Michael Perez behind the plate. Last night was Stallings. And I don't think it's much of a coincidence that if Mitch Keller was going to have some sort of tangible change coming back from AAA, that it was more likely Stallings would get it out of him than, and not to downplay Michael Perez or sort of crap on him here or anything, but he's not Stallings <laughs> behind the plate. I think there's real value to that guy behind the plate and to this organization. Why do you crap on Michael Perez? <laughs> He's played it's in a, a World Series. Too easy sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, and 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 that goes, you know, what you're saying goes to my Stallings point. I, I think I, I'm not saying that he is, you know, the greatest catcher out there, or you know, whomever name you want to throw out there, Yadier Molina, uh, Real Muto, whomever. But he's a guy that can play the position he's solid he's a great teammate and the pitchers really respect him and they've respected him for years and I, I just think if you can lock him up for a couple of years so when Henry Davis gets on the major league roster which is probably two years away and I know I'm, I'm probably getting too excited about him um, but I, I want him to be a part of it. Jeff Hathorne joining us here on Bucko Talk and Jeff, I know there's so many different services that rank prospects. I stick with one, and that's the one I sort of go by the whole season so it doesn't get confusing saying, well, uh, on this one, this guy's ranked fourth, and in this one, he's ranked 18th, and in this one, he's ranked third. So MLB Pipeline is the one I use, and they updated their prospect rankings this past week for the Pirates. Henry Davis, number one. You've got him, Quinn Priester, O'Neill Cruz, Nick Gonzalez, Lyover, Piguero, all top 100 prospects. And those four top picks of the draft for the Pirates are all ranked in the top 11 of the Pirates system. What do you make of these recent changes to the Pirates rankings and where the farm system is right now? Uh, the Pirates farm system is amazing where it is. I mean, really, when you look at what they've added over the last month and a half uh, to that system, it has come such a long way. And you we could go down the rabbit hole of Neil Huntington and, and this or that, but let's live in the now as far as the farm system goes. Uh, it is impressive. They have talent. Is all of it going to pan out? No. Uh, only a percentage of that. But when you have as much depth as they have, now you like the odds that you're not just counting on one or two people. I, I think, let's go back to Mitch Keller for a second. I think that's part of the pressure with Mitch Keller is he was the only arm. Like, everybody was focused on him because there really wasn't anyone else. It was just Mitch Keller. And now, it's not just Quinn Priester. It's Malinsky. It's uh, Tanaj Thomas. Um, it's other guys. You know, it's Ronzi Ronzi Contreras, Contreras. that's jumped up now. Yeah, yeah. it's Miguel Yajure. It's, you know, there are other names. It's not just because we remember tracking Mitch Keller for years because he was the guy, and there really wasn't anyone else. Now they have at, at numerous positions, they've got guys that it's like, well, okay, if this guy, or especially in the middle infield, if this guy doesn't work out at this position, then okay, they've got this guy. Uh, there's a bunch of those, and the more competition you have, and the other thing you see with good teams, or when teams get good, they need to make trades at the trade deadline. What do they trade? Their overstocked farm system. So it's not just that it would help the Pirates 
getting better players to the majors, which is obviously the goal at this size market. But if they need to make moves, if they find themselves in a position, they've got extra players that other teams covet that can get them that player or two that they need to get over the hump. I know this is an ideal scenario, but you got to dream for those scenarios or why in the world would you even, you know, watch baseball anymore? <laughs> Jeff, I'm looking at the website and a lot of pirate stuff on there, a lot of Steelers stuff as well. Anything you want to highlight for us? Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. And there's some cool pit stuff as well. I know they get kind of lost in the shuffle of this time of year. Um, but, you know, there's some cool stories. MJ, MJ Devonshire, we're going to post a story on Monday. You know, he wants to be the next. He's talking about gold jacket and being the next guy from Aliquippa. Uh, and he does it in a really cool way. Uh, and, and he's really found himself back home. And it, it's it's a cool story. But, yeah, we've got tons of football coverage and also baseball as well. And we'll hear from Ben Charrington. We'll have that up uh, on Sunday as well. Jeff, thank you as always for the time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Craigers. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.